Good morning. I'm Michelle Silva. Thank you so much for joining me. Here we are this Sunday morning getting ready. Some kids are already back in school. A lot of concerns about COVID-19 as the number of cases are going up, hospitalizations going up, different mandates coming down from the CDC. So we're checking in with our medical correspondent, Dr. Rothwell from Well Key Urgent Care. Doctor, good morning. Are you surprised that numbers are going up? You know, not really. And I anticipate, as do I think most people, as we go back into school back in session and crowded fall and winter inside and we get away from the outside as the weather progresses into the fall, I think we're going to see more. It's a cold virus, so cold and flu season is going to come. It's still out there. There are people still not vaccinated. And as I saw today, because I'm now positive, even if you're vaccinated, you can get it. Luckily, my only symptom is I suddenly woke up this morning and I couldn't smell anything. I went, wow, I wonder if I have COVID. So I went and got the rapid test and I'm positive. So now I'm quarantined for 10 days and hopefully that'll be my only symptom. But I can give it to people. I can carry it. Obviously, I have it. So, you know, it's spreadable. And if you haven't had the vaccine, our hospitalization rate and ICU rate always on the increase right now. And what do you tell people who say, oh, no, the vaccine, I, I hear that people are getting sick from it. I, I hear it's not working, that people are getting COVID who are already vaccinated, like yourself, doctor. Yeah. OK, so here's what I say. I lost my sense of smell, but I'm not concerned about going in the hospital or losing my life, which is why I took the vaccine. Um, the vaccine is a very good and safe thing. It's not making people sick. Um, there's a 10% chance you can get COVID. Now, this Delta variant we're having right now, it's a lot more contagious than the variant that we saw last year this time. So it's spread much more rapidly and easily than even what we've seen before. So if you haven't been vaccinated, you can get it. And if you get it, it can still be deadly, and in fact, we are seeing a surge in people on ventilators, people in the ICU, people in the hospital in the region because our numbers are up. To give you an example, we have 86 new cases. That's the highest number of single daily new cases we've seen since last March. Wow, so, and that was on Wednesday of this week. And is there anybody out there who should not get the vaccine? Uh, yeah, you know, we, there are age limits, uh, but otherwise, no, there, there's not a good reason not to be vaccinated. I can't think of anything, or a reason not to do it. Exactly. And I know that uh, kids 12 and up should be getting vaccinated. We haven't had a vaccine ready for the kids younger than that, correct? Right. And what about masks? Uh, county Health Department saying, okay, well, uh, we're not going to issue a mask mandate, but maybe you should wear them indoors? <laughs> well, yeah, here's the thing. And, and I can understand people, it, it cuts both ways. If you haven't had a vaccine, uh, you go, well, why get a vaccination if they're going to make us wear masks anyway? And if you've had the vaccine, when they said back in April, you don't have to wear a mask anymore if you're vaccinated, why suddenly should I have to put a mask on? Well, here, here's the whole story behind it. If you don't have a vaccination, you're susceptible, you should have a mask on. Now, I think the debate starts with, if I'm vaccinated, why should I wear a mask? And the answer to that's up to your own conscience. It's like like me. I had COVID. I happened to test today. I found out I had it because I really didn't feel bad. Um, but otherwise, I could be exposing all these unvaccinated people to it. So the whole ethical, philosophical controversy is, am I responsible for people who won't go get a vaccine? 
or are they just taking the risk into their own hands and it's up, up to them? Uh, that's Let your conscience be your guide, okay? And we've been hearing, too, that it's the people who aren't vaccinated that could be giving it to other people. Or even if you are vaccinated, you could still spread it. Yeah, if you've got the virus, whether you've had a vaccine or not, you can spread it. This is a very contagious, very easily spread version of this virus. And about 75, 80 percent of what we're seeing is this Delta variant, the one that's really highly contagious right now. So what can we do? What can we do? Are we ever going to be able to catch up and and stop this? Well, you know, here's the thing. We have never cured the common cold and the coronavirus at the end of the day. It's all the common cold virus. It's just different variants of a coronavirus, which is what causes the common cold. So, no, we're never going to eradicate this. It's here to stay. So go get the vaccination so you don't die from it if you get it, because it's not going to go away, I don't think. Do you feel people are treating this differently? Like you say, with the common cold, we try to take precautions. Well, I, th- I think here's what, what people, young people know that they relatively are you know, unharmed by it. They get sick. It's like flu-like symptoms. They get better. So they go, well, you know, it's just another cold. The problem is the common cold generally doesn't kill people. But this cold, yeah, you may be young and healthy and it's not going to make you sick. Or you may be vaccinated and it's not going to make you sick, which is why everybody should get the vaccine. But if you expose somebody that's vulnerable because you're, you've got it, they will get sick. They can die from it, um, which is unlike the common cold. So in that way, your risk of spreading it to someone, again, it just underscores everybody, especially people at risk and vulnerable, should get the vaccine. But everybody should get it. So you quit spreading it. We, you know, if, if we have the herd immunity, if we get enough people vaccinated – we can tamp down the incidence of this thing again. But uh, right now we have maybe 45% of the population vaccinated. So there's a lot of people at risk. It's going to keep spreading and spreading because there are a lot of available hosts out there. Where are we? What number do we need to be at to be at her community? Uh, at least 65, 70%. Wow. We are far behind as a state. Yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah. And uh, I, I just had to lay a, well, not lay a friend. We had a celebration of life for a dear friend who passed away back in February, doctor, 52 years old, passed away to COVID, didn't have any other health problems, you know, and the vaccine wasn't uh, available to them then. I don't even know if it was available to anybody at this point, but it was not available. And uh, yeah, passed away. It happened so quickly, so sad, leaving behind family, wife, and three kids, and I i would hate to see this happen to anyone else. Yeah, it's devastating, and it really, so much of this now, with the vaccine so readily available, is so preventable, people would just not be afraid of it and take the vaccine. It really won't make you grow a horn out of the middle of your head. It won't, you know, won't do anything except help us all. Right, and... About the masks, I know we talk about the mask. We talk about the vaccine. Of course, the vaccine, that that's uh, the number one thing we need to do. And as far as masks, the health department is recommending that the kids wear them in schools. Well, that everybody wears them in schools this coming school year. And uh, But they're really not saying, hey, we're going to change our policy and make the kids wear them. Do you think that maybe school districts should look into possibly taking precautions? Well, you know, here's the thing about it. The kids are the least vulnerable of having any adverse outcome from this thing at all. 
And for some reason, we don't know why, they aren't really spreaders of this a lot like adults are. So the young kids, you know, if they don't enforce that they're wearing a mask there, it doesn't really bother me. I don't think that's that big a deal, honestly. Okay. Now, that said, here's, here's another interesting statistic that just came up from the American Association of Pediatricians, and that is that COVID has now become among the 10 leading causes of death in children over the past year. Wait, say that again, so, please. Yeah, so even though children typically don't get sick from it, they don't spread it a lot, they can get it, but it's not bad, even though that's the case, there are enough immunocompromised children and children with other predisposing factors that COVID has become one of the top 10 leading causes of death of children in America this past year. Dr. Rothwell, what else can you tell us about this variant? Well, the thing about this variant is it does not seem to be as deadly as the first one we went through. And that could be, again, this is anecdotal. The data is not all in. It could be that we just are smarter about treating it now than we were when we first started. When we first started seeing it, like we didn't know to give people massive doses of steroids, and we didn't know that it would help to put them on an antibiotic. But it does. So, so we are smarter about how we treat the virus now. So that may contribute to it, but it appears like it's a little less lethal than last fall's version, anyway. Okay. And what about the boosters? I haven't been hearing much about that, where, you know, when the vaccines were first rolling out, they said uh, possibility of a booster fall or winter time. Yeah, they're still looking at it, but what they're seeing is the antibody levels and the cellular immunity and all that people have from the initial course of the vaccine is still holding and still high. So it's they're taking it a month at a time to see what they are starting to talk about in terms of booster that's starting to surface now is in case of immunocompromised people, the at-risk population, they're seriously talking about this fall, a date certain of those people getting a booster shot. But again, no date certain yet, but that, that's starting to be really hotly discussed. So I expect we'll get a recommendation on that soon. Okay. And I, I think it might be a good time too, Dr. Rothwell, to uh, review the symptoms too, because it's been so long, I think, since we've heard the list of symptoms that you might suffer. And, and are there any new ones? Well, you know, there's always a loss of smell, loss of taste, uh, fever, headache, uh, flu-like symptoms, muscle aches, cough and cold, uh, sinus, nasal issues, um, Typical cold and flu-like symptoms, in addition to the funny things like loss of smell and loss of taste. That's, uh, that's like I said, how I diagnosed myself this morning. I, I feel fine. I mean, I have my typical seasonal allergies, which I've been having for about a month, and that's not new, but I don't feel bad. But suddenly this morning, I got out of the shower, shaved, put on a little aftershave, and I didn't smell it. I'm like, wow, something's wrong. So I thought the bottle went bad. Got another bottle? Nope. Don't smell it either. Better go test for COVID than it's positive. You know, who knows? Gosh. And I've heard of some people not getting their sense of smell or taste back even after having COVID, say, several months ago. Are you hearing that at all at Welke by any of your patients? Yeah, some of it, you know, it lingers. It can linger for several months. And then there are the the long-haul patients, people call them, that have lingering symptoms that go on for months and months. Uh, Fortunately, those are very few, probably 5% or less 
of the patients, but some people have some very unusual respiratory symptoms and trouble breathing and stuff that can linger for, you know, eight, 12 months. Ran down some of the symptoms. And as far as, okay, number one, get that vaccine, wear your mask in certain places if you feel you should. If you feel you should, or if you're susceptible, if you know you haven't been vaccinated and you have a risk factor for being really sick from it, in other words, if you're 60 years old, if you have diabetes, if you're morbidly obese, if you have any of the associated factors, if you're taking chemotherapy, if you have a cancer diagnosis, anything that suppresses your immune system, uh, please wear a mask. If you haven't been vaccinated, and please get vaccinated. You really need to. And do you feel people are still taking the other precautions as well? Like this all started and we were in the heat of it all several months ago. Hand sanitizer and wiping everything down. Well, you know, I think as a society, we're much more aware of it, having lived through the last year, year and a half. But I think also as a society, we're burned out with it. You know, it's it's an effort. It's a struggle. And living through that day after day after day for so long, you know, I think people are kind of over it. And uh, I understand that, too. That's human nature. So I don't think we're as diligent as we were, but I think we're, as a whole, still much better than we were before COVID. Yes. Now, I appreciate you because I know I'm just throwing all these questions at you this morning, too, just with seeing numbers going up and saying, man, it's time to check in with Dr. Rothwell. And I'm also going to throw another one at you. What do you think or how do you think you might see our cold and flu season this year? I know numbers were low last year because people were taking so many precautions. Well, you know, that's part of the reason. But the thing is, truthfully, everybody, because the symptoms are so similar that comes into the clinic, we test them for the flu and for COVID routinely, kind of knee jerk. And that's the way going into this one we'll have to do as well. But we truly had a mild flu season. As you'll recall, flu season cycle from year to year. You never know how bad it's going to be. But last year was so mild, even though, yeah, we were doing precautions, there wasn't a lot of it out there to spread. Um, So this year, we should probably be due for a worse flu season. Who knows? Uh, The best predictor of that, we need to see what happened in New Zealand and Australia this month and next month, because they're in the height of their flu season and we can usually see that as a good predictor because, you know, this is their winter time in the Southern Hemisphere. And we can look at their results there and kind of get a, a uh, crystal ball into what our flu season will look like a little bit. So those numbers should come out soon. All right. We'll keep up with that and be checking in with you, Dr. Rothwell. And um, I guess that's about, oh, real quickly, one more question. <laughs> I keep thinking, like you said, you're quarantining for 10 days because you tested positive because you had lost your sense of smell, but feel great. Is that the normal quarantine time? Because I remember, you know, we were at two weeks at one point. We went down 10 days. And is that about right, 10, 10 days now, if you're yeah, positive? 10, day, 10 days is good. I've notified everybody that's been around me for the last uh 48 hours and they're all feeling fine and that's they don't need to quarantine uh if they have any symptoms they should test and uh until that test is negative quarantine themselves but that's all you have to do yeah okay doctor what about someone who has a headache i had a friend and her only symptom was a headache and she tested and was positive about two weeks ago actually and what type of tests are available right now well you know there's Antibody tests and antigen tests, but the, the most cost-effective test you can do for home testing is the Abbott called Binax now. The Abbott rapid test, same thing we use in the clinics and the hospitals. 
It's available. They come two tests to a kit. You take it home. Very easy instructions to follow. 15-minute results. Costs like 25 bucks for two tests. Doctor, we appreciate your time, and I'd say go get some rest, but you say you feel good. I guess you could just got to kind of stay indoors and, I don't know, do some reading, watch uh, TV, catch up on I'll the just, Olympics. <laughs> uh, no, we won't say that. We'll say we'll get it in front of my computer in my home office and just go back to work, but... Uh, there might be a little television there. Who knows? <laughs> well, you deserve it. Take a little break. Doctor, anything else you'd like to leave with us before we say goodbye? Just everybody get their vaccinations, stay healthy, and uh, here's hoping it all ends soon. We always appreciate Dr. Rothwell with WellKey Urgent Care, our medical correspondent, keeping us up to date on the coronavirus, the pandemic, the variants. Okay, now we are going to talk about a charity. Yes, this is a charity that got started basically during the pandemic. 